Good morning everybody, it is the 28th of January, it's Thursday and everything seems to have turned on its head overnight. Wall Street or Dow Jones down 634 as you've no doubt seen, which is 2%, but the Nasdaq down 2.6%, S&P 500 down 2.6%, biggest fall since October the 28th. 28th. Although commodity prices seem to be behaving themselves, oil was up, iron ore was up, most of the metal prices were down, and our market having opened down 183 as I speak, down 156, doesn't seem to want to bounce very much. The Dow futures doing okay about half an hour ago they were down 75 they're down 15 at the moment so it seems to be a bit of a bounce going on let's just cover off off a couple of quick things the federal reserve fomc had a meeting last night some of the news wires are blaming that for the fall in the market but it was really not the cause it's difficult to find what the cause is which i'll come to but the federal reserve left interest rates unchanged and the first line of their statement pretty much summed it up the federal reserve is committed to using its full range of tools to support the the US economy, but the ongoing public health crisis poses considerable risks to the economic outlook. In other words, we're still worried about the pandemic. We're not going to do anything to back off the accommodative policy settings. And they talk about trying to achieve this 2% inflation target over the longer term, which implies inflation being allowed to run well above 2% for some period of time. So there's all this chatter about the Federal Reserve tapering or raising interest rates or inflation being a risk is premature at this stage. No tapering, no change in interest rates for some period of time. Everything you might have expected. I think the media just loves to write about central banks. So back to the correction in hand, looking at why the markets fell over. Reasons quoted include the FOMC, which we've covered, some poor results out of the US, but I think that's really wrong. The only really poor result overnight was Boeing, which was only down 4.7% on results. Otherwise, Microsoft had good results. At one point, they're up 6%, but the, the market dragged them to be, I think, down 0.2 on the day. And after hours, Apple have beaten expectations and Facebook have beaten expectations. And Apple's down a couple of percent in after hours trade. Facebook, I think, is up 1.1%. Tesla has also had late results down 2.1%. There's nothing earth shattering there to cause the market to fall over. So the results, excuse me, continue and they're not that bad. The other consequence, and it's a following index, not a leading index, but the other consequence of the market falling over is the VIX volatility index, which is ringing alarm bells with a 61% rise. I've got a chart of that in the strategy piece today. Normal settings, normal bull market settings for the VIX volatility index is anywhere between about 10 and 20 or 25, maybe. That's sort of bull market normal. And we've gone from below 25 to 30 in one night. So that's ringing alarm bells as always. But as I say, it's a a lag indicator, not a lead indicator. But obviously risk is up, volatility is up in the options and index markets. And that's shown up in the VIX. The one driver which could possibly, but it's hard for us as Australians to really quantify, that could possibly explain the fall overnight is this short squeeze going on in the US in stocks that are heavily shorted. So we've got this rather glamorous story about retail investors 
collected together by Reddit into trading groups. Some of them have as many as 450,000 people in the group taking on the professional investors who have gone short various stocks in the US market. And a couple of hedge funds have had to cover their shorts, which means selling their short positions and possibly even selling long positions in other stocks in order to cover their losses in short positions. So the idea is that long fund or sorry, shorters have been forced to sell other stocks to cover their losses in short positions. And an example of that is some of the, you can read in any of the media at the moment, what these Reddit traders target stocks are, but GameStop, which was up 92% yesterday, we wrote about yesterday, up 134%. AMC Entertainment up 301% overnight. Express Inc. up 214%. Cos Corp, K-O-S-S Corp, up 480%. So this might well be causing a few people to sell in order to get ahead of the short sellers selling. La la la, who knows? It's all rather complex. It's hard for us to quantify, but maybe that was a catalyst for the market falling over yesterday. But it's hard to believe that a bit of short selling pain in a few small stocks is enough to knock over a $27 trillion S&P 500 index. Actually, that number's out of date. It's 32 trillion now. It was 27 trillion in November last year. 32 trillion dollar market knocked over by a few short sellers in small stocks. I don't think so. But anyway, those seem to be the reasons for the sell-off. And on the back of all that, or really just on the back of one short sharp fall and our experience that corrections start fast and with the VIX volatility index ringing alarm bells and we're coming off record highs and there are short-term RSI sell signals on the US market, you can see that there is reason for us to start thinking about pulling levers on the cash versus equities equation. But at the end of the day, we have decided not to. And the reasons include the fact that there is nothing fundamentally new or wrong other than high share prices. And in the strategy piece today, I've just got an example of how the PE on our market and the S&P 500 has shot up in the last year since the bottom in 2020. So there's been a PE expansion. And that seems illogical against the background of a pandemic. And we seem to be prematurely pushing share prices to pre-pandemic levels or assuming a recovery to pre-pandemic levels. In fact, it's above pre-pandemic levels in the US. And we seem to be taking a lot for granted at the moment. So you could put together a case for selling. But ultimately, there isn't much wrong with the market other than the herd changing mood. So our, our assessment this morning is that any sell-off is unlikely to be long-lived, but we're on alert. We are fully invested at the moment, and the obvious debate is whether to cash up. And I think if I was you, if I was a private investor without rules, without a, you know, we're we're running 100 million now, we have a funds management mandate we have to stick to. But without that, I might well decide as a private investor, and you might well decide today that enough's enough for the moment, and start pulling some stumps out of the ground. In other words, taking a few profits just in case. It can be quite cathartic to do some selling. Imagine if you did cash out today, you will go to bed tonight. Instead of worrying about the US, you'll be hoping the US fell over so that you could buy some of your favorite stocks back. 
but for us we've decided to do nothing so far one day doesn't make a correction and we're not about to start thrashing about just because of one one bad day the Dow Jones could easily bounce 634 points tonight as I say the futures seem to be showing a bit of a rally uh, so I think for most of us for investors all we really need to do is wake up a little bit earlier in the mornings turn our screens on a little bit earlier and for Marcus today members just keep reading the newsletter we are going to be all over it now in the mornings deciding whether to do something about a correction whether it's going to extend or not but I think for Marcus today individual members you'd be forgiven for taking some profits at the moment I've written a passage today on what to do if there was a correction let's assume there is a correction that started today we don't think there there is a need for us to assume that but let's just say hypothetically a correction started today what should happen and what should you do about it well here are a few of my bullet points on that you'd obviously sell something first up cash is the only defense in a falling market buying stocks or defensive stocks that go down less savagely in a correction is for fund managers not individual investors you'll probably hear some brokers saying oh well you ought to be buying healthcare and Wes Farmers and Coles and Woolworths because they're good defensive stocks but they there's no good buying stocks that go down slower than the market so cash is really the only defense you might enjoy taking a, a break going to bed tonight hoping the market falls over it has been a good run on a correction if one happens I would say to you that I don't think it's going to be that savage I will uh, well, we assume at this point it's just a, a herd doing a, a head fake having a think about it not a, a meaningful there's no fundamental or meaningful reason for a correction at this point it looks like the herd dropping its pants for a moment there's nothing fundamentally new that's changed different worrying certainly this short squeeze in the US if it is happening is going to be very temporary so if you sell now you're just being cute really because there's no great reason for a significant sell-off other than prices being too high and that's always a something that can spook the herd occasionally but it adjusts or the herd can turn from fearful to opportunistic very quickly so I don't think any correction will be that big if there was a new element like a war or a virus mutation or some trade dispute it could well develop but if it's a short-term shorting fiasco in the in the US in small stocks and a couple of lazy results in the US that's not enough to start an actionable correction it could develop obviously but at the moment moment the main reason to sell is short term only for peace of mind or to take a break or to take a profit to reassess but otherwise there doesn't appear to be any great earnings risk event developing it could develop but it's not obvious yet the only thing that would really push us is the third point to, to what to do if there's a correction the only thing that would really push us to sell at this point on our assumption of nothing terribly wrong would be to raise cash not so that we would outperform a falling market but so we'd have some ammunition to buy stocks if they fell any further our assessment at this point is that any short-term correction will quickly become a buying opportunity in a vaccine rollout world recovering from pandemic but if you're fully invested like us you've got no ammunition when the market turns to do any buying so selling to buy you need to sell something to exploit the buying opportunities if they come up and that's the only reason would drive us to sell but we're not convinced enough that a correction is going to happen and we're not going to sell out of fear we would only sell out of opportunity trying to exploit the opportunity that gets created by a correction
direction, but not convinced it's going to happen yet. The other comment to make on a correction, if there was one, why would you sell? Well, profit taking. You'd sell because you're holding vulnerable stocks if you are, which are stocks that have performed very well and are vulnerable to profit taking. So just all you need to do is check your list. If you've got any flyers in your list of holdings on infinite PEs, you'll notice buy now, pay later, getting sold off today with APT and zip down four and a half percent or so. And a lot of the technology stocks getting belted today. Wise Tech down 5%, Next down 5%. Some of the stocks that have recently been ramping up, getting sold off. So if you've got any flyers on your list, those would be the most obvious to sell down first and are likely to get sold down the hardest if a correction happens. And the last comment on what to do if there was a correction is go defensive. But this is really, as I say, for fund managers. If you're if you're being judged on relative performance, then defensive sectors will presumably outperform a falling market. So that would include gold, healthcare, consumer staples, utilities, and you'd be selling high PE stocks like technology or consumer discretionary. Some of those online retailers have got pretty ritzy. And apart from gold, I'm not sure I'd be looking to really make money at the moment. I'm not sure I'd be generally trying to buy stocks for a correction. It's a low odds game for individuals trying to make money in a falling market. So whilst it might be tempting to buy defensive or buy gold, the odds are if the market goes down, you're pushing water uphill. So I wouldn't really be bothered trying to buy anything to make money as the market corrects. Gold would be about the only thing you'd think about on that front. So bottom line is we haven't reacted to the sell-off yet, although we have seen some sell signals in the US markets, and you'll see that in the technical observations at the bottom of the strategy piece today. And the other, another sector with an obvious sell signal at the moment is the energy sector and Woodside's on the list as well. Right, that's about that. A few other little stock items. The Financial Review's got an article today trying to translate what's going on in the US in this short squeeze to the Australian market. And although it's pretty basic to put up a list of the most shorted stocks in the Australian market, which therefore might see a copycat short squeeze. The AFR has gone one step further, but just to give you the most shorted stocks, there's a section every Thursday on most shorted stocks in the Australian market, and it's in the newsletter today. You'll see the list there. Most shorted stocks, Webjet, Tassel, Mesoblast, Speedcast, Ingham's, Avita Medical, Invercare, A2 Milk, Flight Center, Metcash, Service Stream. You'll see the list of most shorted stocks. But as I say, the AFR's gone one step further. I think they've quoted a bit of research from Goldman's of Bloomberg and given us a list of stocks that have got large short positions relative to their liquidity. So they've listed stocks in order of how long it would take to cover the existing short positions. So it's not about the most shorted, it's about liquidity as well. If it's a very illiquid stock, then the shorting, if there was a squeeze, would would cause the price to move faster. So at the top of their list is the least liquid or highest shorted positions compared to liquidity include inventory. Care, Tassel Group, Ingham's, Simic Group, Bendigo Adelaide, Metcash 7, BHP, ProMedicus and Washington Soul Patterson. And I've put some charts in the strategy piece today, but if you look at Invercare, Tassel, Ingham's, just as examples, they are responding to this short squeeze. 
So we've got Invercare up 7.7% today, Ingham's up 4.7%, Tassel up 4.7%. Of course, there's nothing fundamental going on here, but you can see that the short term stuck in front of their PCs with their job seeker money in their back pocket traders have latched onto this idea. Noticeably, Tassel and Ingham's were trending fairly savagely down until the last couple of days, so I'm not sure I'd buy into that. This lacks fundamental justification, but when did that ever stop anybody? Right, other stock stuff. I've put in a chart of the Aussie dollar in the strategy piece, just coming off the top for the first time in a few months. And as it does, the ASX healthcare sector has bottomed. There are buy signals on CSL Cochlear. As I say, you don't really want to be buying anything in a falling market, but maybe it's not a falling market. And if the currency comes off, those stocks should do a bit better. So we've been sitting on holdings in CSL and Cochlear and underperforming because of them. We might start to outperform a little bit. I've also put a chart into the resources sector, which had a bad day yesterday, down 3.42% after a 75% rally from the lows. The iron ore price is actually up this morning. HP down 2.5%, Rio down 3.3%, but clearly sell signals on the resources sector. A couple of other little things. GameStop, which is this short squeeze stock in the US, which was up 92% yesterday and 134% last night, has got the code GME in on the NASDAQ. Can you believe it? GME resources code GME jumped from 66 cents to 75 cents yesterday. Absolutely nothing to do with the short squeeze stock GameStop with the same code, but it was up 40% today. GME, the resources stock in Australia, up 40% today. Please tell me there is a fundamental reason for that other than complete nuff nuffs confusing the code for the US stock. Although I've got to say, if you can make money being a nuff nuff, well done. It's disturbing, no doubt for people who think they are intellectual investors to see the stock market reduced to this sort of patheticness, but all power to you. Right, there are a couple of other things in the newsletter today. Uh, one of them is Technology One. UBS have done a fairly aggressive upgrade from sell to buy today, a double upgrade they're calling it, and the share price certainly seems to have bottomed. I've put the chart and broker stuff in the newsletter today. Technical observations, as I say, sell signals on the NG sector, S&P 500, Woodside and buy signals, quite a lot of them actually. A2 Milk, which is also on that shorting list. Altium, after a fairly savage sell off from $40 to under $30, back to $30 now. APA bouncing ASB Bub Australia. They have had a announcement today and they're up 7.4% and they had a buy signal before that anyway. Corporate travel, so travel bottoming a little bit. We hold a few of those. Push pay bouncing. Right that's about that. We will see what happens tonight. But as I say, oh, here we go. The Dow Jones futures doing even better. Now up 40 points, having been down 75 a few minutes or an hour ago. So maybe things will recover tonight. That's about that. Interesting day. Tonight, we will put together our sector, weekly sector charts. And Ben, as you'll know, on Friday with me this Friday, we'll run through the sector charts 
in a section of the newsletter tomorrow with a podcast and this is looking at the sectors which is looking at the currents underneath the market tide to see which sectors are doing what a central piece of strategy thinking is to keep a handle on the themes in the market rather than just the market or individual stocks it's about getting hold of sectors and realizing this is on the move or this is topping out and and that can prompt easier stock decisions much easier to swim with the tide then against it you need to be aware what the sector tide is anyway you'll read that in the weekly sector charts section in the newsletter tomorrow good right that's about that you have a wonderful day if you can and i will speak to you well tuesday you have a good day